Welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. Green hydrogen is an important component of China's path towards reaching carbon neutrality by 2060. While 80% of Chinese hydrogen is still produced using coal or gas with high CO2 emissions, a surge in technology development and large-scale projects led by local governments and companies are paving the way for a rapid expansion of the green hydrogen industry. Today we are joined by Merrick's experts Alexander Brown and Nis Greenberg, who will give an outlook on China's hydrogen industry and highlight how policy support and domestic R&D are closing the gap with European technology leaders. They are the authors of a new report called China's Nascent Green Hydrogen Sector, How Policy, Research and Business are Forging a New Industry. You can find that report on our website. Nis, Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Johannes. Great to be here. So Nis, China is the world's largest hydrogen producer at the moment, but its production is currently not environmentally friendly. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, China is by far the largest hydrogen consumer. Its huge industry is really guzzling a lot of hydrogen, uh, upwards of 30 million tons a year. Um, but most of that is produced using gas and coal. So that's what we call gray or brown hydrogen. And that obviously uh, releases a lot of carbon dioxide. So it's not really clean. Hydrogen itself can be a clean uh, energy carrier if you produce it using renewable energy. And that's what's called green hydrogen. So the, the interest now, not only in China, but everywhere, is to push green hydrogen uh, to substitute the carbon-intensive gray and brown hydrogen, and by that make industries cleaner uh, and, and also use it for uh, new energy applications in, for example, fuel cell cars, um, in you know commercial vehicles, shipping, uh, aviation, and so on. So th that's the plan long-term in China and, and maybe a little bit more medium and, and short term in Europe also. But there's really a lot of policy coming out now at the moment. And there's a lot of interest in uh, in driving the, the green hydrogen sector uh, as part of decarbonization and also as part of uh, shifting away from gas for energy security reasons, and not least because of uh, the war in Ukraine. So how important will green hydrogen be for, for China to reach its own climate goals? Is it just a minor component of a bigger plan or, or quite major? It's not yet uh, entirely clear how much of a role or how large of a role hydrogen will play, but there are some estimates uh, and scenarios that are that have come out from uh, both Chinese researchers, but also from, for example, the International Energy Agency and others. And they foresee that hydrogen in the future energy system to decarbonize it and make it greener and more sustainable by 2050 uh, will need to be at least 10%. That's the Chinese uh, scenario. So hydrogen needs to be 10% of the Chinese energy consumption. The international ones are much more ambitious and they are around 20%. So hydrogen will have to play an enormous and central role for, for decarbonized energy systems in the future, and especially if you are an, an economy that relies still a lot on heavy industry, you know, steel, cement, chemicals, and so on, where you use a lot of hydrogen it will be quite important for decarbonization reasons to shift towards green hydrogen uh, to decarbonize these industries. In its 2022 national strategy, the Chinese government suggests that green hydrogen is set to overtake gray and blue hydrogen after 2030. Um, how do we know that the Chinese government is serious about building up its green hydrogen industry? What signals have been coming from the central government on that? 
So hydrogen has been uh, on the radar of the government and policymakers in China for quite some time now. Uh, it has been designated a strategic emerging technology and also in the, the, the current five-year plan, it is uh, a frontier technology. So there's an interest in developing and growing the industry. Uh, right now, it's a general push of hydrogen technology. So it's not a, a you know dedicated green uh, hydrogen strategy, um, but it's more about developing the entire industry and technology of hydrogen. And uh, then, uh, as you said, you focus more on, on green hydrogen specifically in the near or the medium and long term. Uh, that's where it's a little bit different from the European policy, for example, which is already much more focused on uh, green hydrogen uh, right now. But the, the, the China medium long-term plan for hydrogen energy industry development 2021-2035, as it's called, uh, is an attempt to uh, you know send some signals that there's a, a strategic interest in developing the industry. Um, there are some uh, careful conservative targets uh, in there, 100,000 to 200,000 tons of green hydrogen by 2025, which is a really small amount if you you know hold it against the uh, the, the total amount of hydrogen. So it's it's not a short-term shift towards green hydrogen that is envisioned. And by the way, only 1% of uh, hydrogen production today is uh, green hydrogen. So green hydrogen will have to grow tremendously uh, in the coming years. And that's why there's also so much interest in the technology. But the interesting thing in China is that at the local level, there's much more development. There's much more uh, you know stuff happening. You have in, in several provinces that are resource rich in, in solar and wind in Mongolia, for example, here uh, stands out. There's a lot of interest in developing the green hydrogen sector, uh, leverage the huge resources and, and renewable energy that they have to produce green hydrogen, because they, of course, sense that there's a, a growing market. Um, there's, a, there's a need to decarbonize and that can you know, give you some points if you are a, a local uh, governor. So there's lots of interest in green hydrogen at the local level, much more so than at the central level. If you, if you look at the amount uh, of local and provincial hydrogen strategies, and there's uh, around 10 uh, out right now, um, more coming, they amount to much more and much more ambitious targets than the, the national policy already. So I think that in the coming two years or so, we will see you know, a lot of local initiatives that will boost the industry much more so uh, than the the current quite conservative national strategy is is doing. So that that's good for green hydrogen. That's good for for you know decarbonization and climate change. And uh, I would expect uh, or would hope that the, the you know an updated hydrogen strategy and at the very least the next five year plan will be a much more focused on green hydrogen. The push for green hydrogen can also be seen in other fields not least in, in the research field. And, and Alex, I would like to turn to you for that. China filed two thirds of all patents on green hydrogen production globally in 2019. That is a staggering number. I mean, it means that it produces more patents on this issue than any other country in the world or all of them combined. And it is an indication of research focus in the area. Does it mean that there is a domination by China on the issue um, and that it also dominates the cutting edge of green hydrogen research globally? That's right. So there has been a big push by the government uh, in recent years into our research and development on green hydrogen. Um, and there have been a lot of R&D projects launched in the field. And part of the result of this that we can see is just a huge surge in number of patents um, filed in China related to green hydrogen. 
Um, this has really shot up since 2016. Um, we can see this from data compiled by the International Renewable Energy Agency. And this might appear on the face of it to show that China has really become the leader in green hydrogen technology. But there's an underlying trend at play here. In fact, China has been pushing the registration of patents across all areas, not just in hydrogen in recent years. Um, it's been rolling out incentives for companies and researchers to acquire patents as part of its efforts to make the whole economy more innovative. And one side effect of this is that a lot of low quality patents are being registered, which don't really advance the innovation potential of the country overall. Now, if we want to get a clearer picture of where China stands um, in terms of hydrogen technology, it's better to look at patent families. So this is a collection of patent applications related to a specific innovation which are taken in different countries. So companies or researchers want to protect this innovation because it's important. So they don't just register it in China, they register it in other countries. And when we look at that, we can see that Europe, the United States, Japan, they're still the leaders in terms of hydrogen technology. So this sheer number of patents related to green hydrogen does show that there's a lot of efforts being made in this area. And, and China is definitely making some progress, but it will still be several years before they catch up with internationally advanced technologies in hydrogen. Do you think that they are on a trajectory to catch up? Is it, is it like kind of a catch up game that Europe, the United States can kind of still keep a distance to China? Or is there an inevitability that they will catch up uh, in the long run? I would say that uh, nothing is inevitable, but they're definitely making progress. We can see that the number of locally produced components related to green hydrogen technologies is increasing in China. So they're increasing their ability to produce the inputs that they need for these um, related technologies. But at this stage, they haven't reached the, the level of efficiency or reliability which companies in, in Europe are able to, to provide. The one key advantage that they have is in terms of price. They um, in many areas can offer um, these products at a discount, but they're not on the cutting edge of this technology. It's important also to look at different technologies in green hydrogen. There are several different types of uh, electrolyzers to produce green hydrogen. And um, there's alkaline, which has been around for quite some time, several decades, in fact. Uh, and here China does much better than in the more advanced technologies where China is investing a lot of you know, resources in developing these technologies also. To get everyone on board, electrolyzers are the technology that are needed to produce green hydrogen. It's where you use electricity from renewable energy to split water into uh, oxygen and hydrogen. And, you know, that's a clean process if you use renewable energy. If you use coal power uh, to produce electricity, of course, then you have a carbon footprint from that. And hydrogen, uh, as I said, is a clean energy carrier. It, it only releases uh, water, you know, in, in reaction with oxygen. So electrolyzers are the key technology for green hydrogen production. So I think, as Alex said, as it's not inevitable that um, China is, is taking over or at least becomes, uh, you know, a very strong competitor to the, 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 the current industry leaders, which are, you know, lots of them are European and uh, North American and Japanese, South Korean. I, I think 
that we need to we need to accept that the you know the innovation uh, is sometimes wasteful in China, but it is not always uh, ineffective. And the industry uh, already is uh, quite proudly um, you know reporting that, with very few exceptions, most of the parts that go into hydrogen or into green hydrogen applications can be made domestically. Valves are uh, you know one one exception, but I, th I think they are they're closing the gap slowly but steadily. You just mentioned industry. Before we have talked about the massive role the Chinese state is playing in pushing green hydrogen. Uh, what of the involvement of corporations in, in this push? Alex? Yes, yeah, so certainly there's been a lot of um, activity at the policy level from government pushing um, green hydrogen in, in recent years. But a lot of the momentum in these early stages we see are coming from companies themselves and um, state-owned companies in particular, it's been noticeable that up to two thirds of um, SOEs in China have some plans in place to um, support the development of the hydrogen industry, according to the watchdog in, in China um, called SASAC. And they're acting on um, directives from the central government to really decarbonize their operations. And this um, movement has really picked up speed after President Xi Jinping um, announced in 2020 that China will be reaching peak carbon emissions by 2030 and carbon neutrality by 2060. So there's been a lot of momentum um, on the part of SOEs to try and find ways to reduce their carbon emissions and hydrogen is an important part of that. So SOEs in all sectors are, are looking at how they can contribute, but at these early stages, we can really see in the energy sector that they're playing a really important role in terms of investing um, in R&D projects, but also in green hydrogen projects. So just building up the installation of renewables in combination with electrolysis technology so that they can produce green hydrogen and one key example I think uh, worth highlighting is Sinopec. So that's the um, China Petroleum and, and Chemical Corporation. They're a large oil and gas firm and already one of the largest producers of hydrogen in China. They've set themselves the goal of producing 500,000 tonnes of green hydrogen a year um, from renewable energy sources. So we can just see from this from the goal of this one company alone, that's already more than double the national target for 2025. And they already have a couple of projects which are under construction in Inner Mongolia and Xinjiang, which will be producing 30,000 tons of green hydrogen upon completion, which should be uh, by the middle of next year. So things are really up and running um, on the SOE front. but. Also, private companies are playing an important role. There are a lot of private firms uh, involved in the manufacturing of electrolyzers, which is the equipment um, which makes green hydrogen production possible. And there's just a huge rush to expand manufacturing capacity based on the projected forecasts. Hydrogen at this stage is um, primarily used in the chemical and heavy industries, but in the future, it uh, will be used in a far more wider uh, range of sectors. One of the key focuses at this stage has been on mobility and its use in commercial vehicles in China in particular. In other countries, uh, there have been uh, a lot of 
passenger vehicles based on fuel cell technology um, being rolled out. But there are other various applications like um, in, in maritime um, transport or potentially in aviation or to make green steel. So for all these areas, also um, energy storage, it will be very important there. In all these areas, this will just mean that the overall demand for green hydrogen will grow very, very much. And uh, based on current forecasts for just China, the current demand of 30 million tonnes could reach um, about 100 million tonnes by 2050. And this is where all the excitement about this potential future market is coming from. If there's a really big market developing in China or globally, it raises the question whether this development is a blessing or a curse for companies and corporations in Europe as well. What do you think? In my opinion, over the short term, it's more of a blessing for European firms because they are at this stage still the leaders in hydrogen technology, not only in hydrogen production, but also in storage and transport technologies. So there will be a lot of interest from their Chinese counterparts to work together with European firms to buy their technology or to jointly develop new technologies which they can then use. So a, a lot of market opportunities will exist in the short term, I think, for, for European uh, companies. The question then becomes what will happen over the medium to long term. And that's really a tricky one. I think as production is scaled up and the industry gets bigger and bigger, Chinese firms, just based on the scaling up alone, will become more competitive based on price. At this stage, the estimates are that Chinese um, alkaline electrolyzers are already about um, just a half the cost of electrolyzers uh, manufactured elsewhere. So we can see that there's already a significant advantage and that will likely deepen. I would say that it's really necessary for European companies to continue to invest um, in their own innovation to develop you know, even more efficient um, and reliable products, which will um, help them to, to maintain their competitiveness. Yeah, it's it's right. I, I think you know Alex uh, puts his finger on the on the on the weak spot here, the price competitiveness. You know, one one of the reasons that we um, started this the study was to see whether or not the you know the Chinese state capitalist system has the tools and the, um, the you know the toolbox ready to repeat something akin to what happened in in PV uh, some years back, right? To you know build and develop a green tech industry that takes over. Uh, the market from the established industry leaders. And, you know, the verdict is out on uh, hydrogen. It's not quite uh, the, the, the same. Uh, it's a little bit more complex. The technology, when it comes to the more efficient, you know, the, um, the newer types of technologies. But I think, you know, in, in some markets for some projects, you know, large scale projects uh, where you, you know, just need to produce a lot of hydrogen, price competitiveness will have uh, the edge over more efficient perhaps more expensive uh, technologies. In others, uh, the more you know, efficiency, um, best, in slot, best in class will probably uh, be more interesting uh, when it comes to industry, for example. But the, it, you know, what, what you have to remember is that if we, um, as the scenarios predict, we'll have 20% or even just 10% of our energy system based on hydrogen, that just requires a tremendous buildup. So there are some people that forecast we need 30 
thousand times the capacity of electrolyzers that we have today. So, you know, if you're a business person in that industry, that's, you know, that's a brilliant forecast, right? You know, that's money to be made. It's a huge industry. And, you know, of course, Chinese companies want to become, you know, if not a part of that industry, uh, then maybe even a leader. There's a lot of plans for Europe to import green hydrogen from other parts of the world because probably we don't have the capacity here to produce it on our own. Australia is, uh, you know, betting to be an exporter of green hydrogen as a commodity. So I think there's a huge market for electrolyzer technology, and and it's uh, it's yet unclear who will take that market. But I think Chinese companies will probably be a part of it. It's not sure to say uh, yet, you know, if China can take over that industry. But I, I think we need to uh, accept that in in some parts of the industry and in, in some types of technologies, uh, China will probably by co- by price competitiveness and also by incremental innovation be a strong competitor for European companies, and that needs to be respected, right? And you know that there needs to be a debate on on the European side how or whether or not we want to protect our industrial competitiveness in this industry. You know, are there key parts uh, or key technologies um, that uh, need to be better protected? And another unrelated, and we didn't really look at uh, this uh, issue in the study, is uh, you know what does this massive buildup of one industry of one technology? do with the, you know, to the price of the raw materials that go into it. So iridium, platinum, uh, they they are uh, needed to produce some types of electrolysis. You know, if we build up the industry or the, the capacity, that will, of course, do something uh, with the price of the raw materials that go into that industry. So there's, lots of, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, where this will go, but I, I think it's going to be, um, you know, a technology that, that China will have a bigger footprint in. Do you think European policymakers, uh, decision makers, should already plan ahead for a time uh, when when China has this uh, bigger role? So I think it's already uh, in being addressed, and it's on the radar of European policymakers and and, and also German policymakers. Um, you know that there, there is the in the Green Deal and the hydrogen strategies. There are elements that are targeting industrial competitiveness and you know tenders that. Um, that that are favorable for European producers. So I think it's it's on the radar. I, I don't think that we are at the end. Or we have found a solution um, of a taxonomy of what is critical, what needs to be Europe-based, what needs to be protected. So I think, um, and this counts for a lot of other areas as well also, you know, currently that debate really has to be smart about uh, finding out what is critical technology, where doesn't it make sense to protect, you know, because it's just cheaper to produce uh, elsewhere. And uh, kind of find a taxonomy or, I don't know, a traffic light system or something as simple as that to, to make smart choices about where doesn't it make sense economically, where makes it sense for competitiveness reasons, uh, technology transfer and so on. But we are just at the start of this uh, the development, I think. I think there are two areas where that needs to be front of mind for policymakers. One would be the activities of European firms within China what kind of cooperation agreements they're entering into with Chinese firms. And, you know, in that area, a lot of care needs to be made so that the most advanced technology is not being handed over, um, is still being protected, and that we're not inadvertently speeding up China's progress in this area. And the other side would be international projects, because China will become an exporter of green hydrogen technology and um, it means that competition will increase in third markets. So 
as Nice mentioned, there's already items included in national um, strategies, such as the German hydrogen strategy, which lays out uh, support for German companies so that we use their technology in international projects and give preference to them. That will need to continue, but otherwise it will just have to be conducted on a basis of, of fair competition in other markets where the German um, government or other European governments don't really have a say, then it will just be down to the competitiveness of, of each company. So certainly interesting and exciting times uh, in, the, in the development of hydrogen. And I'm sure this is a topic we'll come back to at some point. This, Alex, thank you for your time and insight on this issue, as always. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you want to know more about the issue of green hydrogen, you can go to our website and read the monitor on green hydrogen authored by Alexander Brown and his Greenback. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, goodbye. You have been listening to Merrick's Experts, the podcast from the Makato Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, please visit us at merricks.org.